G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Hello, Michael Youssef here. You know, there is no symbol that is more misunderstood and maligned than the cross of Christ. And yet, it is on that cross that Jesus died. And he died to give all confessing sinners peace here and now and eternal life with him. Will you surrender to him? To find out more, visit ltw.org slash Jesus. Thanks for joining listeners worldwide for Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf. Up next, go with Dr. Yusuf to Psalm 110. Words specific to Jesus yet written many years before the Bethlehem star lit up the sky or the shadow of the cross fell on Golgotha. Listen with me as Dr. Michael Yusuf begins a challenging leading the way. Most people want to think of a Jesus who's a helpless babe in a manger. Uh, They get very warm and fuzzy about that. Most people want to see a Jesus whose body hanging helplessly upon a cross. That's how most people want to think of Jesus today. But listen to me. The Bible said that he was, he is, and always will be a mighty God. And 1,000 years before he was born in Bethlehem of Judea, 1,000 years before he took on human flesh, King David was given a supernatural ability through the power of the Holy Spirit. He was inspired by the Holy Spirit to look down the road 1,000 years before Jesus was born and to see his descendant, to see his son who would be called the son of David, to be a ruling supreme king of the universe on the rim of the universe as a ruling power over the earth. When that baby was in the manger... I was God of very God. When he hung on that cross, he never ceased to be God of very God. When he rose again, he was God of very God. When he ascended into heaven, the Father said, sit tight. I'm going to make all your enemies your footstool. Now I want you to turn with me to Psalm 110. This is the last in a series of messages from the Messianic Psalms. The Psalms that have prophesied about the coming of Jesus Christ. Psalm 110 is the most quoted psalm in the entire New Testament. In fact, it is quoted directly or indirectly 27 times. It is quoted in Mark. It is quoted in Matthew. It is quoted in Luke. It is quoted in Acts. It is quoted in 1 Corinthians. It is quoted in Ephesians and in Colossians and in 1 Peter and in Hebrews. The most quoted psalm in the entire New Testament that ought to tell you this is very important. I am convinced if people of God would meditate upon this psalm, 
the Christians will cease to live a mediocre Christian life. I am convinced if the people of God would take time to meditate upon this psalm, they will cease to live a so-so Christian life or defeated Christian life. They will know that they are worshiping a mighty God, a powerful God, not who will be, but He is already a powerful God. Psalm 110 tells us all about Jesus' divine origin. It tells us about Jesus' kingly power. It tells us about Jesus' high priestly authority. It tells us about Jesus' vast power over all the earth. It tells us about Jesus' judicial power over everyone. It tells us about his unique intercessory power over all the world. There is no song, no psalm of all the Psalter that clearly spells out, thousand years before Christ, spells it out. Spells the Holy Trinity. They spell out the divine Trinity, the incarnation of Jesus, his suffering, the power, his power to forgive sins, his resurrection, his ascension, his coming judgment, and his everlasting life that he will give to everyone who believe in him. Above all, Psalm 110 reminds us that Jesus is reigning and ruling right now, even as we speak. Verse 1, the Lord said to my Lord, Yahweh said to Adonai, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. What is David saying here? What is David saying about the glorified Jesus? Please listen carefully. This is going to revolutionize your Christian walk. He is saying that after Jesus paid the wages of sin, of the sin of everyone who will believe in him on the cross of Calvary. After he dies and is buried in a borrowed tomb, he's going to rise again. And after he rises again, he's going to be descended into heaven. All of that 1,000 years before Christ. And he said there, when he got to the throne of heaven, there his father is going to say to him, sit at my right hand. Now you can reign supreme over the universe. Why is it the right hand? Why is he going to sit at the right hand? You've got to understand that in the old times, if you're invited to somebody's home and they seat you at the meal table at the right hand, you have received the seat of honor. Now, if you sat on the left hand, you get the message, and as soon as dinner is over, you leave. <laughs> but if you are invited to sit at the right hand of the host, you are a very honored guest in that home. Ah, but think about this. When it came to the king, when it came to the king's table, it's not just any honor. (laughs) It's not just any honor. This is the greatest honor of all. To sit at the right hand of the king, it means that you are sharing in his power. It means that you have a significant participation, if not full participation, on his authority. This is the clearest evidence of sharing the king's power. This is the clearest evidence that you are equal with the king. That's what the king does when he invites you to sit at his right hand. It gives evidence that you are exercising the power of the king, the authority of the king, and what you say is what the king says. Amen. 
And that is why Paul could tell the Philippians, <laughs> God has highly exalted him. He's no longer a baby in the manger. He's no longer hanging helplessly on the cross. But he said, now God has highly exalted him to the highest place. And he gave him the name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue is going to confess whether they agree with it or not, but they're going to confess it that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. You see, when Jesus was born of a virgin in Bethlehem, there was no room in the inn for him to be born. When Jesus graced our earth, the Bible said he had nowhere to lay his head. When Jesus walked the streets of Israel, when he walked the streets of the earth, he was despised and he was rejected. Though he was a beloved son of God, but he was scorned, he was reviled, he was harassed and he was hated, he was maligned and lied about. He was unjustly arrested and shamefully tried. Uh, he was betrayed by his friend and he was forsaken by all of his disciples. And when Jesus hung on that cross, everybody thought it was over. It was over. It is finished. The dreams are shattered. No more dreams of the kingdom of God. But God says, no, it's not over. It's just beginning. He planned it all along that he would born of a virgin, die on a cross, raise again, and then go into heaven and sits on that right-hand side of the Father and rules until all of his enemies become his footstool. That was God's plan all along. And so when he rose from the dead and got the, back to heaven where he came from, uh, Paul said that through whom all things were made, the creation was created through him and through his power. When he went back to that seat of power, the father said, well done, son. <laughs> you just sit tight until I make every one of your enemies to be a footstool. But listen to me. If you cannot have a vision of Jesus reigning and ruling supreme right now, then you do not have a vision of the real Jesus. Uh, but Jesus, who is the Son of God, who died on the cross and rose again, the Jesus whom David spoke in Psalm 110, 1,000 years before he was born, that Jesus is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings right now. That Jesus is reigning and ruling supreme as we speak. And yet that ruling and reigning supreme cares for every detail in your life that not a single hair came out of your head without his permission. Amen. And beloved, listen to me. You have only two choices. Every one of us, every human being has only two choices. There is no third. Either you can bow to him and revere him with deep gratitude and thanksgiving for his love and forgiveness or you'll become his footstool. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. Verses two and three. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion. You will rule in the midst of your enemies. Your troops will be willing on the day of battle, arrayed 
in holy majesty from the womb of dawn. You will receive the dew of your youth. Now, beloved, this is a picture of a reigning monarch, the Lord Jesus Christ, the king of the universe. You see, back then, when a king announced and ruled and, and made pronouncements, he did not stand behind a podium. He actually sat on a throne, and he made his announcement. He sits on his throne, and he rules and reigns while he's sitting down, not when he's standing up. When King Jesus sits on his throne, he says, my government, I am the one who is the authority. I am the one who is the power. I am the one who reigns and rules supreme. And he sits on his throne, the Bible said, and he reigns and rules over the whole universe. Amen. How? How? Through his willing servants, through his willing soldiers, through his willing children. How? Oh, by reigning and ruling supreme over their hearts, over their minds, over their lives, by him being the king of the lives, the ruler, supreme ruler of everything in their lives. In submitting to Jesus, his followers are serving him. In obedience to Jesus, his followers are witnessing for him. In bringing many to come from these lands of his enemies to come and believe in him and therefore enter into his kingdom, enter into his rule and submit to him and his authority. <laughs> now listen, you and I are called upon to live among the enemies of God. We're not called upon to go out in the mountain and have our own compound. <laughs> We're called to live in the midst of a people who may have declared enmity toward God. You and I are called upon to pray for the enemies of God. You and I are called upon to love those who are enemies of God. You and I are called upon to persuade those enemies of God to come and receive his invitation for the forgiveness of their sins, to come and receive eternal life, to come and believe in him and to accept him as Lord and Savior and fellowship with him. That's our call. We are called to live in the enemy's territory. And the Bible said that he rules. He rules right in the land of his enemies. And the question is, are you willing? It says, willing. Your troops, verse 3, your troops will be willing. Are you willing? What do you kind of, your Christian life is just a humdrum and I say, well, I've got to do this because I've got to feel obligated and I'm under duty and I feel, you know, I've got to do it and otherwise, you know, what will people think of me and I've got to do this and I have to do that. No, 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 no. He said, they're willing. They can't wait to get their marching orders. They can't wait to do what God, the king of the universe tells them to do. Have you presented yourself as a living sacrifice? Living sacrifice. But Jesus' power is not only kingly power, it is also priestly power. Look at verse 4. The Lord has sworn and he will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the old order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is a type of Christ. I wish I had more time to tell you more about him, but just take it from me. <laughs> He's a type of Christ. He was king of Salem. He was the king of peace. He is king. Malik means king. Melchizedek is a king of righteousness. He's a king of peace. In the Old Testament, 
there had been a separation of power between the kings and the priests. The priest can never act as a king, and the king could never act as a priest. But even the high priest in the Old Testament, he could not just get into the Holy of Holies any old time he likes it or feels like it. The high priest can only enter into the Holy of Holies only once a year. And if you want to know if your sins are forgiven or not, you have to wait for a year living in misery, living in burden and burden conscious, living in guilt. You have to wait for that once a year. But now a high priest, King Jesus, can forgive your sins the moment you repent. You don't have to wait. <laughs> and Jesus is not just the high, any high priest who would change, have lived for years and then changed. He is a high priest forever. And because God the Father decreed that his son is the high priest, he is a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek, he is called the king of peace and the king of righteousness. Therefore, he represented permanent priesthood. He represented permanent rule. He represented permanent ability to intercede with God anytime. And God said that Melchizedek was a mere picture of Jesus, that Melchizedek was just the shadow of Jesus. But Jesus Christ is the one who reigns and rule supreme as the high priest. He combines all authority, not just separation of power. He got all the power. And before he sent his disciples and commissioned him to go on, take on the world, he said, all power, all authority have been given to me, therefore go. And we go in his authority. Amen. Jesus Christ is the only permanent intercessor between man and God. No other intercessor. Only Jesus Christ, God decreed it. He sworn by his name and he cannot change his mind. He said, only one intercessor between me and man and his name is Jesus. Amen. Nobody can intercede for you but Jesus. Not only Jesus, kingly power was prophesied. Not only that his high priestly power, permanent high priestly power and intercessory power is prophesied, but thirdly, in this psalm, you see that his judicial power is prophesied. You see, people might mock Jesus now. The problem is, they don't realize that the Savior, who is now welcoming, inviting, longing for people to come to him, one day, and it looks like sooner than ever, he's gonna sit on the bench as a judge. And the day of salvation would be gone forever. Now you must face him as judge. Because the Bible said that Jesus Christ will judge every single human being on the face of the earth that has ever lived and will ever live. And he qualified to be a judge because he died on a cross. Now, beloved, listen to me. Listen to me. Just because we cannot see our King Jesus reigning and ruling supreme over the universe right now with our physical eyes, just because we can't see his power with our own physical eyes does not mean that he's not reigning and ruling supreme even now. He is reigning over your affairs and your difficulties. He knows exactly what you're going through and he loves you and he's turning everything to your good for those who love him. 
He's in control of the things that are out of your control. He's in control of the things that baffle you. He is in control of the things that confuse you. He's in control. He's reigning and ruling supreme. My cry to God has been for many days that he will give you the faith, give you the faith to be able to see him as reigning supreme over the universe right now. My prayer is that God would give you the faith to visualize the Lord Jesus Christ on his throne in heaven. No more as a helpless babe. No more as a helpless body hanging on a cross. No more as a man of sorrow. No, the Bible said we know him after the flesh. No more. No more. And so my prayer is that he will give you spiritual eyes to see him now before it's too late. The whole world will see him. And Paul said every eye, every tongue, every knee, everybody. And there are going to be two groups of people. There will be those who loved him and those who responded to his love. Those who have trusted him with their life and those who longed for his return. And when that day comes, when the eastern sky is split and the trumpet will sound and there's a shout of the archangel, they'll be rejoicing, they'll be happy, they'll be excited, they can wait to see Jesus supreme and be seen by everybody else. But everybody else is also going to see that. The problem is, many who have rejected him, many who have ignored him, many of those who have actually tried to have a vision of Jesus other than the Jesus of the Bible, the Bible said they'll be mourning. I'll pray to God not a single person will be among those who mourn when Jesus returns. Not one, not one. Now, which category will you be in? Which group are you going to be with? Will you be among those who rejoice or those who mourn? The Lord said to my Lord, Yahweh said to Adonai, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Thanks for joining Dr. Michael Yusuf for Leading the Way. Get in touch by calling 1-300-133-589 or online at ltw.org. 1-300-133-589 and ltw.org. I always wanted to share with people and I didn't know how. So I took my knowledge of, of the scripture and I thought so many people walk past here every day. Through prayer and with Awake America, I decided that let's just put some passages out there. Let's see what happens. I am launching a prayer movement called Awake America. And I want to challenge you to pray for God to bring a spiritual awakening to our nation, starting with your city, your campus, and your neighborhood. Sidewalk Chalk was just an easy way to connect with all the people that I see come past my place every day. To have an ability to read a passage of scripture as you're walking to work is kind of like that hearing Dr. Youssef to start my morning. Hello, this is Michael Youssef. There can be no doubt that our world is filled with troubles right now. And yet, there is one person who said, The more 
I was watching and listening to Dr. Youssef. I thought, this guy's got the goods. Dr. Youssef was sold out for Jesus. He lives what he preaches. He's excited about spreading the gospel. The place of holiness begins by thorough self-examination, not pointing finger at somebody else. Awake America is waking up and realizing that, yes, we've stumbled and we've gone a different way, but we can always come back and God is there and he's willing to bless our communities, bless our neighborhoods. It just starts with one, just one. And slowly but surely, we're going to reach everybody. Learn more of how Leading the Way is sharing the truth of the gospel worldwide when you visit our website, ltw.org. That's ltw.org. Our ministry representatives love to talk with you as well, so speak with one at 1-300-133-589. 1-300-133-589. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Make a plan to listen again next time when Dr. Michael Yusuf passionately proclaims uncompromising truth. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.